don't know about you, but I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Going back there, I couldn't even get in the line because everybody was in line. I couldn't even have my cup of coffee. Oh. Y'all don't feel sorry for me, do you? <laughs> my Baptist juice. I call it my Baptist juice. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be here with you folks. And I know God's going to do some great things. I'm looking forward to see what God's going to do here at Bible Baptist Church. You know, the Lord tarries, brother. That'd be nice to have that building back there, huh? Can you just, your, your pastor would be all pumped up? Huh? He'd be so high, looking high, you know what I'm saying? He won't be a, he won't be a Baptist morning. He'll be so high, looking like a Presbyterian. Ha, ha, ha. Amen, brother. But God's good. Amen. Let's stand for the reading of the word of God. And I'm going to ask uh, the one of the Canuffs. I call them the Nolans. I don't know why. Because maybe because you come from the line of Nolans, okay? But I'm going to ask you, young man back there, I'm going to ask you to listen prayer, open up the service, okay? All right, but I'm going to say some scriptures. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll start with verse number 6. I have planted, Paulus watereth, but God give the increase. So then neither he that, is, he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every one shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Son. Amen. You may be seated. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I believe you need to get saved. Amen. I'll tell you what, brother, I'm so excited being a born-again believer. God does great things when you're saved. Amen. I mean, you get to fellowship with the brethren, act all crazy. You're in your right mind. I'm tied up to the right boat. And God does great things. Amen. Amen. You ought to get excited for your church. You ought to get excited that people got saved at the wedding. You ought to get excited that God wants to do great things. You ought to get excited. What's wrong with a bunch of Baptists? They have no shout. We need some Christians that are like porcupines that will get the point. We don't need no morning glories. Amen. They blossom up in the morning. They close up at night. That's why you ought to be in church tonight. Amen. Hello. Yes. No excuses. Bring somebody to church with you that needs to listen to the gospel. Amen. A lot of people like the, the, new, uh, the new church. It's called Bedside Assembly on the, on the corner of Box Spring and Mattress, brother. They like that. Amen. But when you come to church, brother, you ought to come to church looking for something. You ought to come to church looking for the presence of God. You ought to come to church thinking that God's going to do you some great service, brother. I'm going to tell you something. Thank God. Thank God for Bible Baptist Church here Amen. in Cathedral City. Uh, you're going to have Brother Bob Counts next week. You know that Brother Bob Counts? When, he, when you, he walks in, he sings. When he gets behind the pulpit, he sings. When you're talking to him, he sings. You know why he does that? I asked him one time, why are you always singing all the time? He says, because I'm discouraged. And the best thing to get over your discouragement is singing. Amen. So I sing to myself. 
Amen. 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 I like singing. I like singing. I thank God for this young man singing behind here. I'm giving the announcements. My grandson, he does the announcements, and he plays his guitar, and he sings. He's got a voice, my grandson does. And my other grandson with the other church. I mean, they're, they're all talented, brother. They took after their grandfather. <laughs> Maybe tonight, if everybody shows up and they're playing back here, the piano thing, I might play my harmonica. Amen. I do have harmonica. Good. I just don't know if I brought it or not. Oh. But if I brought it, I'll play it, brother. I'll tell you that. I like to get excited for the things of God, brother. God. Amen. Now, we're going to talk about churches, reproducing churches. The purpose of this message this morning will be to discuss what Christ really wanted to accomplish in the Great Commission. We understand he wanted the world reach with the gospel, but how is this to be accomplished with, without following a plan? We cannot and have not successfully reached the objective set forth by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is the Great Commission fulfilled by just so any? Is the Great Commission fulfilled by church planting? Is the Great Commission fulfilled by uh, starting camps, hospitals, and whatever, para organizations? In order to fulfill the Great Commission, we must understand what it means. We must understand what it means. All the means used in saving of souls are necessary, amen? amen. But what is the most effective, sufficient, economic way to reach the world for Christ? All the means. Well, the biblical passages related to the Great Commission we find in the Word of God. I don't have time to turn to them, but I'm going to give you the scripture verse. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 29. The promise of His presence. We need the presence of God in our churches. We need to get back to old time preaching. We need to get back to the old time religion. Most of our independent Baptists need to get back to the black book. Amen. Amen. Yeah, King James 6 and 11. Amen. 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 In Matthew, Mark chapter 16, verses 6, 15 to 28, we have the promise of his protection. Amen. God protects his own. Then in John chapter 20, verses 19 to 23, we have the promise of peace. Man, I got peace in my heart. Amen. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Amen. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we have the power. We have the promise of his power. God has given us the authority to do what he's called us to do. And then the Great Commission. As found in matter in, in Matthew 28, the power of God is the Great Commission. He said, Go ye therefore into all the world. Amen. Amen. How, many, how many of you this morning remember when you first got saved? Amen. Huh? How sweet it is. 
And I know everybody's got a testimony. Amen. I know that. You have your own testimony. But since I'm behind the pulpit, I'm going to give you mine. Amen. Just for a minute. In 1976, a redneck preacher knocked on my door on the east side. He came the first time and I kicked him out. I was having what they call a, 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 a toilet bowl revival. I kicked him out. Me and my brothers were lost. Thank God the Hernandez boys, all ten of us, received Jesus Christ as our Savior. Thank God that changed. But back then, I wasn't saved. That old redneck preacher, Oklahoma preacher, knocked on my door and I kicked him out. Two weeks later, he came back again. And this time I got mad. I wanted to shoot him, brother. You see, once a Catholic, always a Catholic. I kicked him out. He says, don't you come back here no more. The next time you come back here, you're not going to be standing there. Hmm. Two weeks later, <laughs> he didn't show up. I was shocked. I did that. I did him in. You know what I'm saying? That following week, guess who shows up? That preacher. But he didn't show him by himself. He brought a Latino preacher with him. You know, the raza stays together, man. You know? That's how we are. Amen? You hurt one person. You hurt me, he kind of, you hurt the other one. That's the way we are with brothers. I live in my house. He knew what I was doing, but he didn't put me down. We were having a pot party. <laughs> Told about revival. Him and Brother Art Escobar, I don't know if you remember him. He pastored Central Baptist Church. Oh, Brother Bart Escobar was there with, with Pastor Hay, Brother Hay. My brother Bernie and I were there. We was like this. All right, if you're going to tell us about your gospel, your God, you're going to have to show us, not from the King James 611, you're going to have to show us from the Douay version. That big old Bible that's on the table. Guess what? I didn't know you can get safe through that. <laughs> In 1976 of June, I received Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. My brother Bernie received Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. I was washing the blood, brother. Amen. Didn't even know it. All I knew that I was saved. Amen. So those two guys left. And by the way, Pastor Hay, he's passed away not too long ago, but he's my David Wilkinson and I'm his Nicky Cruz. And uh, I'll never forget this, that when he left, <clears throat> Me and my brother said, what are we going to do now? I said, are you saved? He goes, yes. He said, are you saved? Yeah, I'm born again. Amen. I received Christ as my personal Savior. He says, then what are we going to do with this stuff? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think we just need to get rid of it. Amen. I was washing the blood. Something happened that day, Brother Nolan. Something happened to me. So we went to the toilet, to the toilet, raised it up, 
We took that stuff and I said, you going to go first? <laughs> that, that was a lot of money back then. You know what I'm talking about? Money. Who yeah. so go first? You know what? You go first. No, no, no. You go first. I tell you what. Let's get on our knees and pray. We got on our knees and prayed. When we were praying, brother, we took that stuff and threw it in the toilet. And we just all go round and round and round and round. I have tears come out of my eyes, brother. But I knew there was something different about me. I knew that I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And I never was the same after that. So you know what I did? I took a bunch of tracks in my hand. And I went to Our Lady Guadalupe. And put tracks in the Eucharist. I put tracks in, 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 the, in the little sermonettes. I put tracks in those statues and they moved. I'm gone, brother. I put them everywhere. I, I even went, I even went to, the, to, the, to the, the, the priest office and put them on his table. I even went to the back where they had their wine in the refrigerator. And I stuck them in there. I didn't finish there. I went across to Our Lady of St. Francis. And I did the same thing there. I put tracks. I put New Testament Baptist Church tracks. Why? Because I knew there was something different. I knew there was something there that God had changed me. I'm a new man. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I knew there was something different in my life. And I had to share the gospel. <clears throat> now, back then I didn't have no wisdom. But I had a lot of zeal. But now I got wisdom. But I want to keep my zeal. So, <clears throat> I get a call from my pastor, Brother Hay. He calls me into his office. And he says this. <clears throat> Will you please sit down? I say, your pastor? You know, anytime you go to a pastor's office, it's not for a promotion. <laughs> a lot of times, it's for a demotion. <laughs> I, get, I get kind of scared going to the pastor's office sometimes. But not no more. He said this, Brother Hernandez, would you like a glass of water? I said, why am I going on death row? <laughs> I said, am I in trouble? What did I do wrong? He said, Brother Hernandez, I wish I had more men like you in this church <clears throat> that are willing to go out and pass out tracts and know that you're born again and saved and washing the blood. I thank God for you and your wife doing the bus route. And filling it up every Sunday. That was a 60-passenger bus, brother. He goes, I thank God for that. I thank God for your zeal. I know God's called you to preach. I know he is. He's going to call you. He's going to, I know that for a fact. But he said, will you do me a favor? I said, yes, sir. Any, any time to get out of this office, I, I'll do anything. I'll go scrub toilets if you want me to, but just to get out of here. You know what I'm saying? He said, would you do me, do me a favor? I said, yes, sir. The next time you do take tracks, you go door to door, whatever you're going to do, please don't take the tracks with my picture on it. <laughs> See, back in the old time, Brother Nolan, preachers put their pictures on those tracks. You notice they don't do that no more. They put some fake people on it. 
to make it look good. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying, I mean, the Hernandez boys in the east side, you know what I mean? The crazy Hernandezes getting saved and doing stuff like this. <clears throat> so my brother David and I, he goes, brother, I don't know about you, but I'm going to get a six-pack. <clears throat> You're going to get a what? I'm going to get a six-pack. A six-pack of Coca-Colas. <laughs> hey, man, boy, I changed. I knew we were saved. That following day, I get a call from the priest office. Our lady Guadalupe in the east side. I want to see you in my office. I want you to be there. He was mad. I told the priest, I'll be there with bells on. <laughs> You'll hear me come. So I went into his office. I said, what can I do for you, sir? He looked at me and says, I'm not your sir, I'm your father. I said, you ain't my father. I have one father who's in heaven. Amen. You're just a man just like I am. He got mad. And I looked at him right in the face. I said this, if you don't get saved, you're going to burn in hell. He was mad. I've never seen a priest get so mad. I thought Hernandez just got mad, but this guy got mad. He says, now you got to get this now. You ready for this? He said, if you don't stop passing out these tracts in the east side, and if you don't stop doing what you're doing, I'm going to go tell all of our aunties on you. In other words, that priest was my cousin. Did you get it? He was my cousin. But he didn't have the truth. And I'm not saying that all Catholics are not saved. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this guy was supposed to have the truth and he told me a lie. But I thank God for that Oklahoma Skokie preacher. Amen. Knocked on my door and told me the truth. Amen. So I went to church for the first time. I was already saved. That next week I became I got baptized. Amen. You call a Mexican when he gets baptized, a Latino? Call him a bean dip, brother. <laughs> and I got baptized. That following week, I started tithing. Now, this is in a row. That following week, I started going to sow in him. Back in those times, those preachers weren't afraid to preach the gospel. They weren't afraid to lose people. And then he started preaching on long hair. See, I, I still had it. He said, it's not a, a sin to have long hair. He said, it's a shame. That's what the Bible says. It's not a sin. So I wouldn't do nothing sinful. It was just sinful. And he looked at me. And I got up and I said, Preacher, you start to stop preaching. You start meddling now. I was mad. <laughs> Two weeks later, I surrendered to Bible college. Amen. To the preaching of the gospel. And he didn't have to tell me. I want to go get my own haircut. Because I knew I was saved. Amen. You see, when you get into the conviction of the word of God, when the, God says for the preacher to go and take the gospel, things happen. Now, if you want your relatives saved, if you want your family to come to the foot of the cross, then you need not to be afraid and go. You hear what I'm saying? You don't need to be afraid. You need to go.
What happens if they don't listen to me? Go. What happens if they hit me? Well, have you ever not been beaten for the Lord to be the first time? Go. Tell somebody about Jesus. I thank God that that Oklahoma preacher in 1976 showed me what it means to be born again. My first brother got saved. My second brother got saved. My third brother got saved. My fourth brother got saved. My fifth brother got saved. My sixth brother got saved. My seventh brother got saved. My eighth brother got saved. My ninth brother got saved. My tenth brother got saved. And my bratty sister got saved. There was a revolution happening in the Hernandez family. And God could do the same with people here in Bible Baptist Church. That church, New Testament church, was running over 300 people. Because people got on fire for God. So the Great Commission is to what? Is to go. We have the presence of God. Then Then we have the protection of God. God protected me. He's always protected me. You know, Brother Nolan just said something. I didn't want to mention it, that we lost my daughter. She was a gospel singer. She was a soul winner. She loved the Lord. But her funeral wasn't a sad funeral. Her funeral was an exciting funeral because we're going to see each other again. Just a little time, Miha. Just a little time. Just a little longer. Hang on. Papa's going to be there. We have that hope in us. We have God's plan. And then we have God's peace. During her funeral, I brought all my boys up in the platform, all preachers, my son-in-law. And I said, I want you guys up here because if something happens to dad, because I get emotional, I want you to be there to pick me up. But God gave me peace. And I preached a message on tears in a bottle. Tears in a bottle. What does that have to do with church planning? It has a lot to do with church planning. She was a part of our church in Riverwalk Baptist Church. She did all the decorations, brother. She did more than that. She sang. She sang that song, Precious Lord. She sang that song, Thank You for the Valley. She sang other songs. And Mama, when you and I, we don't hear that right now. But we'll hear it again. Amen. We'll hear it again. Yes. And my brothers and sisters, if you lost loved ones, don't feel bad. If they're saved, praise the Lord. Amen. You're going to see them again. If they're lost, it's going to be heartbreak. The peace of God. The power of God. Now, the Great Commission, as found in Matthew 28, the power of God is a Great Commission. He told us to go. This power is mentioned to every aspect of the Great Commission. We have the greatest resource available on the earth, which is the King James Bible, the Word of God. Because of this, we also are given the command to go. Going is a circumstantial uh, participle. It means as you are going, it is an assumption that you will be going to carry out the Great Commission. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. 
I don't care if you're rich or poor. Amen. Man, God wants to use you. Amen. I thank God in 1976 he saved me. I was, looking at, I was looking at all the homeless people in the streets of Riverside in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You know, that could have been me. That could have been me. That could have been you. But we're in church celebrating the missions conference and celebrating. You ought to, man, you, ought to, you know what you ought to do, some of you folks? You ought to get out of your rump, go to Starbucks and have a, have a, 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 a rappuccino, whatever you call it, coffee, whatever you do, and get excited, take some tracks, and knock on some doors. You ever feel discouraged, depressed, despondent? Go to Starbucks, get a Rappuccino, get some tracks, and go to the door and go do something. And you'll get excited when people come to those doors and get saved, and get baptized, and added to the church. Amen. You know why a lot of Baptists are not excited? Because they ain't doing nothing. It is the assumption that you will be going to carry out the Great Commission. It doesn't matter what walk of life you may be in. You should be going for Christ. i got a depth that I hold. And that depth is to tell people about Jesus Christ. Until God takes us home. And brother, soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to see the king. Get a little charismatic. I got a Baptist mind. I got a Pentecostal heart. And I got Jehovah's Witnesses feet. And that makes a round Baptist. You know, this church ought to be full on Sunday morning. This church... In spite of the pandemic, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. Yeah. I got, ah, man, I'll tell you what, a lot of preachers think I'm crazy. They see me coming, brother, he comes, brother, and he's nuts. Amen. But I always tell them, I might be nuts, but I got the holy presence of God. I'm related to the boss. Right. Are you with me so far? Then there's a plan of God in the Great Commission called evangelism. My ministry is called Sound the Alarm. Well, I'm trying to sound the alarm wherever I go. There's an urgency. We are, and I'm going to tell you something. If things don't change before long, Christ, the rapture is going to come and take us home. But there might be some of you in this auditorium thinking that you're saved, but you're not. You can be a Baptist and be lost. You can be a Presbyterian and be lost. You can be a Catholic and be lost. Hey, I started thinking about this. There's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on. Play that piano like that. There's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on when the rapture takes place. There's going to be people thinking that they're saved because they wear a tie and everything like that. Looking all good, you know, all spiffy. But they're going to be left behind. You can have the form of godliness, but deny the truth thereof. How many of you this morning on the authority of God's word 
on the authority of God's word. If I was to die right now, I have assurance 100% that I go to heaven. And if you don't got that 100%, you better check out to see if you're saved or not. Because if Jesus Christ comes back, you're going to go through the new world order that's coming to being soon. It's coming around the corner. And you're going to be left behind. That's why I believe in church planning. Planting churches, sending preachers, planting these churches to go evangelize and to reach the lost. Huh. Baptize them. Get them saved. Get them baptized. We have too many tap poles in our baptistry. Amen. You got to take those tap poles and, and get them baptized. So they can identify themselves with the local church. Amen. Brother, when my daughter died, my, my niece, my, my granddaughter gave me her Bible that I had given her. And I have it in my office. And then that little Bible, she has a picture of me being baptized with Brother Hay. Man, I weighed 300 pounds. I looked at that. I was that big. But that was a reminder that my daughter knew that her papa was a Baptist preacher. And that God saved him. Miraculously changed his life. And that's what God wants to do with some of you that are sitting in the pew. You've got to have a tear in your eye. You've got to have a step in your heart. And you've got to have the fire of God in your soul if you're going to reach your family. And it's going to take a lot of prayer. It's going to take a lot of going. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice on your part. Not to be afraid and tell them about Jesus. Get them saved. You get them baptized. And then you mobilize them. Teach them to observe all things. <laughs> I'm going to close with this. Back in those days, 1976, I didn't know what it was to be a Sunday school teacher. My pastor says, you want to teach the Sunday school class? I said, I'll do anything you want me to do, preacher. Back then, they used flannel boards. Remember those flannel boards? <laughs> and he says, I want, you to, I want you to teach four-year-olds. <laughs> Back then, they had downstairs and upstairs. Upstairs, during that time, they were having revival. Pastor Hay had a Dr. Brother McQuarrie or somebody like that. They were doing revival. Yeah, and he had also uh, uh, Ron... I forgot his last name. He, his, his, his son is a gospel singer. I forgot his name. He passed in, two, uh, in uh, Las Cruces as well. You probably figure what I'm talking about. But anyway, they were having revival upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> this old young preacher brother was having revival downstairs to four-year-olds. I was preaching down their throat and said, if you don't get saved, you're going to burn in hell, brother. I was telling four-year-olds this. They were, they were all like that. You know what I mean? It wasn't none of this. You, 
using this flannel graph stuff, you know what I'm saying? I said, fooey, man, I'm going to give them the gospel. And I gained the gospel. And the pastor heard me preaching to them. So they sent the deacons downstairs. And they said, Brother Hernandez, you're going to have to calm down. I said, I ain't calming down for nobody, brother. I'm having a revival. I don't know what y'all doing up there, but I'm having a revival down here. And I'll tell you what, brother, those kids were so shocked they got in the bus. They were so excited to go tell their mamas and daddies, if you don't get saved, the teacher said, you're going to burn in hell. You talk about revival, brother, they call the pastor's office. My pastor had all conversations about salvation. Tell them, preacher, they got to get saved. Amen. Amen. Ain't got time to be a philosopher. Time to tell them about Jesus. Amen. And my brothers and sisters, this morning, I'm telling you, there's difference, brother. I'm going to tell you, we got a high calling, and we got a holy calling to tell people about Jesus. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. Let's all stand. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I'm going to finish this up tonight. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Nobody's looking around. And I have the music's played. God talking to your heart about someone or somebody that you need to talk to about Jesus. Maybe this morning you're not saved. You need to come to the foot of the cross. You need to come forward and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. On the authority of God's word. Would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm saved and I know it. Yes. Hands are raised all over this building. But maybe this morning you couldn't raise your hand. Could it be that you're not saved? Maybe here this morning you say, Preacher, I've been saved, but I have not been baptized. Is there one like that? I need to get scripturally baptized. Thank you. Put them down. If you're here this morning, you're saved, you're baptized. But you need, you need to get your fire back. You need to get your fire back. You need the presence of God to be with you. Would you raise your hand? Oh, hands are raised all over this building. Hands are raised all over this building. As the preacher comes up, will you come to the altar and take the bull by the horn and tell God you're going you're to do something great for him? Would you come at this time as the piano is playing? If you raise your hand, why don't you come to an old-fashioned altar? Just come on down. Come on down. Why? Because the price is right up here. 